With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. Commence primary ignition. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Some wild-eyed eight-foot tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks at Christian in the eye, and he asks if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. You know what that means, folks. You probably don't because it's a new intro, but that means it's time for Punch Drunk Critics Live. We are here. It is John. It is Travis. It is the latest talk about the latest movies. Travis, what's going on, man? What's going on, homie? Oh, uh, just realizing I might need to turn down the volume of that intro a little bit. It, it, it was a bit pitch. It was a bit pitchy, dog. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. But yeah it, it was. It, it was. It was a little loud, but I kind of like it though. So it yeah, was, I'm gonna get it worked it was, out. Yeah, uh, we'll you know how out. we do things. We uh, we we don't. Uh, do the whole plan ahead, you know, uh, conduct meetings, test things out. We do things live as we're doing them so you can enjoy the creative process with us out there in, in uh, listenership land. Um, yeah, pr- process. Process is, yes. the, yeah, is the key word there. there. There is no process. Yes. It's basically we call each other uh, 10 minutes before the show and say, uh, what are we doing? Uh, this, this. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. It's, it's usually it. Travis calling me 10 minutes before the show and me saying, oh, shit, we have a show. <laughs> but hey, you know what? We uh we're here and that's what matters and we're here to talk to you about Dinner for Schmucks, uh the new Steve Carell and Paul Rudd comedy. Uh Charlie St. Cloud, the new latest tear jerker with Zach uh Dreamy Eye Efron. Um, you know, we'll probably get to some news, talk some box office and, and just bullshit about the day's events. Uh speaking of the day's events, you were back from uh a pilgrimage to the Middle America Heartland. How was that? I, I was in the Heartland. Uh, I went to Minneapolis, Minnesota, for a while for a few Go days. Minnesota, and then I went to uh, um, Wisconsin in this little town called Marshfield, which I think has, I, I think it was eighteen thousand total people or something like that. So that's that's like a, a block around here. Yeah. Um, and you know it was nice. You know, with the with the exception of the. Um, of the the mosquitoes the size of my head and and uh, and uh, stuff like that, you know and you know it, it was it actually it was actually kind of nice I, I kind of dug it I, I could I could see myself um, spending more time in in uh, in Minneapolis they it was you know it's close enough to being a big it's a big city but uh, the surrounding area was uh, was a little different but um I dug yeah. it Wisconsin on the other hand uh, you know it might be a little too a little too quiet for me over there. 
Yeah, I mean, especially like we, we don't realize it because both of us are, are you know born and raised in this area, and uh, you know you never think of your your hometown where you're from as the uh, the center of all things. You always think there's somewhere bigger and better out there. And certainly there are bigger places out there, but we're pretty metropolitan around here. And right. I I realize that when I uh, from my uh, day job I travel quite a bit. And I, like I, I remember going to Gunnison, Colorado, and like literally, it was like an old western town. Like there was one strip where everything was. <laughs> like they, they still had a butcher and like a cobbler and shit like that. And yeah. uh, and you forget there's there's places like that that are a little less metropolitan than we are here in the D.C. area. But, exactly. I, I couldn't understand it because I was like, okay, well, this place would be nice, you know, but it just it needs a movie theater. Right. It, it needs it needs some other things. Like I found a comic book store. You know, yeah. but, I could, but I couldn't find. I didn't see like any movie theaters that that would show enough. Like I, I can't just have like you know the, the the stuff that comes out every week. I need the other stuff too. Right, so, right. You need you need to have your variety out there. I need um, it. Yeah. So uh, let's see what else is going on uh, in my world. Not too much. I went back to the gym today for the first time in about three months. That was fun. You know, uh, <laughs> you know the first day first day you get back to the gym. First of all, you just feel like an asshole walking out the door because even though they don't remember you, you feel like everybody that works there knows. It's like, hey, jerk face, where you been the last three months? Way to yeah. keep up with it. Um, yeah. You know, you feel like that walking in, and then of course, when you leave the first day, you just have like jelly leg syndrome, and you're yep. all shaky and tired, and ugh. it's. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what tomorrow is going to feel like. Uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I think I put on about ten pounds over the last few days while I was gone. Uh, I, I ate milk from the Heartland. Yeah, it's cheese. It was every, everything was fried. It was great, and I, and I ate pretty much everything I wanted to eat. You know, I was like, screw right. it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mess around and and be like, oh well, I gotta watch my weight now. Nah, I was like, screw that. And I worked out for the first time today too, and eh, it actually wasn't too bad. But the the scale was like, uh, you had a pretty good time, I see. Yeah, I'm I'm that's that's what has uh, um pushed my getting back to the gym is is a went to the doctors last week and and the new high of uh of my weight class is uh definitely propelled me to go and I could, it was one of those digital like like medical grade scales that I I couldn't say was lying so uh, mm-hmm. yeah that that definitely propelled me to get back to the gym um and, and all the movie watching and movie junk food eating uh probably isn't helping but that's one thing that I was surprised about is yeah. You know, it, you, when you go to the movies, uh, you always treat yourself to a little snack, you know, some popcorn, maybe a soda. And uh, yeah. that's because it, it's a special occasion for most people. You know, it's it's something – you're doing something, you need to have your treat. But right. I figured when we were doing this, you know, as much as we saw movies before, when we were doing it for a job, when we were doing it at three or four times a week, that that might, you know, wear thin and we wouldn't be getting snacks and all that. But that's not quite the case, is it? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm I'm one of those people too. Has to have something to munch on while I'm while I'm at a movie, and I'm trying to fight that habit because yeah. I, because you know it's just it packs on. It, there's there's not one good thing you can get that's good for you at the movie theater. Oh hell like, no! Like not one good thing. There's nothing. Even so, if they had broccoli, it would be chocolate covered. It, I mean, it's it'd ridiculous. Be, it'd, be, it'd be fried broccoli. Yeah, you know that's and, what it would be. <laughs> and then the weird thing is, like, I can sit at home and watch movies and TV all day and not munch on a damn thing. But as soon as I sit in that uh, movie theater chair, I need to have my Twizzlers or my M and M's or my right. Coke, and, you know, whatever it is. And that uh, 124 ounce jug of cola they give you doesn't uh, exactly. help much either. Exactly. Um, well, while I was out there, I did manage to see. I did see Inception for the second time while oh, I was did out you? there. Yeah, uh, and I and I loved it even more the second time so because I got because I got yeah it it holds up because I got the 
you know, I could just kind of sit back and enjoy it, and I didn't have to analyze it. Did you, you know, find? I was, go ahead. Did you find that there was uh, stuff you understood better the second time around, or things you caught the second time around because you knew what the story arc was going to be? Uh, I don't know if there's anything that I caught that was really new to me this time around. I think mm-hmm. I just sat back and enjoyed the action of it more. You know, the first time I watched, I was like, I was really trying to read into it a lot, you know, uh-huh. because I knew I'd be writing about it. But this time I was like, you know, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. And I loved it. I just kind of took it in as a as a sci-fi action flick, and I had a hell of a time with it. So Awesome. I yeah, I, I didn't even know it came out in IMAX when we first saw the screening. I didn't know it was going to be an IMAX movie, but I definitely kind of want to see an IMAX because, I, I mean, I've been raving about the visuals since before the movie came out. So, I, I mean, when I yeah. see it again, I think I have to see it in IMAX. Yeah. So it was a, it was a fun week for me, but I'll be honest, I've I've missed uh, I've missed the screenings and going to the movies every day. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this week because I've got four movies this week that I'm going to see that I'm really anxious to anxious to get into. So uh, wait, we got this week we I, got uh, um shit we got a blank mind apparently we got the other guys tomorrow we got Scott Pilgrim which I cannot wait for um everybody I mean BDK wouldn't stop raving about it the last time I saw him I know everybody I wish he'd shut up everybody that that's seen <laughs> this movie has, has said it's awesome um, oh, I, I love you Kevin but shut up. Right, but, uh, yeah, and we got yeah. step we got step up 3D on Wednesday. Oh, we do. Damn. And then I'm going to see this other movie called uh, Killer Instinct on Friday that uh, I RSVP'd for. So, does it involve 36 hit combos? No, but it has uh it has Cecile de France who I really really like. Uh, she was in that movie uh, uh, High Tension a few oh, years yeah. ago. She yeah, yeah. It, it's her and um. Oh my God, I can't remember his name. Uh, the guy who was married to uh, Monica Bellucci. The, uh, the, what's I didn't name? even know she was married. That, I, that I son of a is. bitch, whoever he is. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's married to her. She's probably like, she's probably like seventy-four years old, and she's still amazing looking. Uh, she's been around forever. Vincent and, uh, Castle. Vincent Cassell. He was in Eastern Promises. That's not the douche that did the brown. No, I'm thinking of uh, Vincent Gallo. Never mind. That did yeah, the and, brown bunny. And, and yeah, he is married to Monica Bellucci. So yeah. Uh, Vincent Cassell. It's him and Cecile de France. Hmm. So I'm anxious to see that on Friday. Hopefully I can make it. Yeah, so we got a we got a full week, so you'll definitely have a full show next week, but right now we're in this week. So let, let's get to what's going on this past weekend at the box office. A couple new movies came out, like I said before. Dinner for Schmucks and Charlie St. Cloud were the major releases last week. A comedy and a tearjerker, so you kind of got to split uh, decisions. It's not like they're really in competition with each other. But... Um, Let's start out with Dinner for Schmucks. Um, yeah. Probably the the one that had the most attention drawn to it out of the two because of its uh, comedically star-studded cast. You have Paul Rudd. Um, you have as, as Paul Rudd plays Tim, who's a, a, like a business executive. I don't know if they actually ever say what kind of business it is, but he's just a yeah. He works he, at some sort of financial firm or something like that. You know, yeah. That's, that's pretty much all he is. He's a suit and tie, and uh, he's trying to make his way up to the eight, you know, the eighth floor, the next step in his career. And to do so, uh, he has to impress the bosses. Well, he does that, um, but there's one more caveat to that. He has to go to a dinner held every month by his boss uh, in which everybody invites a moron. You know, and whoever brings the funniest moron uh, it wins. And, of course, these morons don't know they're being invited because they're idiots. They just think they're being invited to dinner. So, uh, you know, it's basically all the cool kids laughing at the geeky kids. Um, 
Steve Carell is that moron. He plays Barry, an IRS employee who has a uh, strange hobby of taxidermying, taxidermying uh, mice and putting them in human-like positions on uh, on the side. Um, he runs into Tim. Uh, on literally, Tim hits him with his car, uh, and uh, he knows right away that he's going to invite Barry to this dinner. So, um, rest of the movie is uh, just goes from there. Um, we have a. Zach Galifianakis joining the fray, Jermaine Clement, who people would know from Flight of the Concords on HBO, even mm-hmm. uh, Ron Livingston from uh, Office Space <clears throat> makes his uh, makes a I, I don't know if you call it a cameo or just a, a slightly larger part. Yeah, he's a, he's just a supporting character. That's pretty yeah. obvious. Even even Jeff Dunham, the uh, Crown Prince of Ventriloquism, uh, makes an appearance in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still undecided. You know, to be well, honest, this movie was so uneven that I'm still undecided. Yeah, I kind of had a lot of, I had some problems with this one. Uh, it's first of all, it's it's based off the movie The Dinner Game by Francis Weber, a uh, French film, and The Dinner Game is actually not as good as this. I actually think this is better than The Dinner Game, but mm-hmm. they're two, they're almost two totally different movies. Uh, the Dinner Game is is a lot darker. This one is mm-hmm. is much more slapsticky. Right uh, than the dinner game is. Um, but well, I, I mean, is, is the dinner game supposed to be funny at all, or is it because I mean, no, no, it's 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 a dark comedy. Okay. There's definitely there's definitely a dark comedy, but it's unlike this movie, it doesn't really pull punches. I think this one is is funny up to a point, and it's at its best when Steve Carell is basically harassing the hell out of Paul Rudd. I mean, there's right. some, there's some truly uncomfortable moments, and I thought those were the best scenes in the movie, uh, where where uh, Barry is trying his best to to um, to solve Tim's uh, relationship problems. Tim's girlfriend uh, really does not want him to be a part of this dinner, but when Tim runs into Barry literally with his car, um, he kind of takes it as a sign of sign from God that he has to go ahead. He th- he thinks it's fate. He has mm-hmm. to go ahead with this dinner. He could not possibly have met Barry, uh, and then not and not use him for this dinner. So, right. he, but his girlfriend hates it. His girlfriend uh, basically leaves him, and there's this other subplot going on where she's maybe cheating on him with the Jermaine Clement character who plays uh, a completely eccentric artist who is. He he was actually I I really liked his role in it. He was one of the people I I right. didn't really have a problem with. But um yeah, and that's a surprise for me too because I don't like Jermaine Clement normally. Like I was not a right. fan of Play of the Concords or Eagle versus Shark or any of the other crap he's been in. I was not a fan of any of those. But uh but I actually thought he was hilarious here. Eagle, real quick real quick side note. Um there's a hilarious article on Crack.com today. Uh, that's cracked with the ed, not just crack. Because um, I don't know where you'll go if you just go to crack.com. Um, that it is about the uh, sci-fi movies that have been coming out lately on Sci-Fi Channel. And mm-hmm. Eagle Eagle versus Shark just made me think of that uh, because they are so ridiculously <laughs> bad and um, ridiculously ridiculous. Um, that and it's saying whether they uh, sci-fi is in on the joke or not. But that's a good article to check out if you've uh, ever seen those movies. Anyway, yeah. back to back to the movie. Um, basically, uh, Barry. Unsolicitly gives his uh, help to uh, Tim in his relationship problems, and shows up a day early for this dinner. And this is where the movie comes from. This is why they're spending because Tim expects I'm gonna invite this guy to dinner. We're gonna go to dinner, and that's it. It's over. You know, that's the only time I have to spend with this guy. Well, Barry kind of just forces his way into Tim's life and spends every second with him uh, until in the two or three days leading up to the dinner. And that's where this movie comes from. Um, right. And literally every single thing that. 
that Barry does is a disaster. When they call him a whirlwind of destruction, they're not mm-hmm. they're not kidding. Uh, things get broken, uh, relationships get shattered, everything gets ruined under his under his his care. And um, you know, for me for me, the best part was the relationship between Barry and Tim. Not necessarily the characters, because I think Barry uh, is sort of a one-note character. He's 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 too stupid to exist. And, while, and it, there's a big difference between people like him and, say, the idiocy of Steve Martin's The Pink Panther, or right. you know, or or the you know, oh God, I can't remember who that character was. He might have played him too. Uh, but other idiot Rick from Anchorman. <laughs> yeah, somebody like that. They're they're different. It, Tim, uh, Barry is just, he's so clueless that you wonder how he's gotten to the point where he is now. Like, you well, wonder how how he's got to the age of 30. And therein know? lies one of one of my biggest problems. And I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And, and this is goes back to another movie that a lot of people liked a lot. And I couldn't, I literally had to watch three times to get through it all the way, was Meet the Parents. Because it just, <laughs> it, it wasn't, like, it was funny. I could see where it was funny. Like, there were funny parts of it. But right. about... An hour and five minutes in the movie, I'm like, this guy can – nobody on the planet is this freaking dumb. I mean, this guy cannot do another thing it, wrong. It's pretty it convenient because it's, cause that was directed by Jay Roach, who directed this movie as well. So oh, I, I didn't realize yeah. Jay Roach did meet the parents, but yeah. yeah. yeah and Jay, Roach, that, Jay Roach did uh, that one and I think the second one also. That's so, kind of fun. what Barry does to you a little bit. You kind of get annoyed at a certain point with how stupid he is and, and, and what he does. But uh, Steve Carell really saves the character just in because in, he's so likable. And right. he gives um, Barry a, a bit of likability that other, if he didn't have would make this, this movie impossible to watch. Exactly. Um, and, that, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I, I think the character is, is terrible, but Steve Carell makes him watchable. Mm-hmm. You know Steve Carell, because Steve Carell makes him makes him a, a likable character. Uh, he gives him more emotion than you would think a character like this would have. Right. But um, on the other hand, Paul Rudd, I'm getting kind of sick of seeing him play the same guy all the time. Well, I, you know what? I that's that's my other problem. Well, I I I got a lot of problems with this movie, but I, I mean, I I liked the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I had a pretty good time with it, but there there were a lot of problems I had with it. Number one, uh, was the uh, number one wasn't even. Barry's annoyingness factor. It was actually that Paul Rudd I thought was wasted. Um, I he was playing the same character he plays in every other movie without the funny part. Right. You know he he can be he's proved that he can be really funny, but in this one he just plays the everyman. Um, you know kind of, you know every man kind of business guy uh, who is utterly normal. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of shallow, is what he is. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a lot like the character he played in Role Models, and his character goes through the same transition. You right, know, from from being selfish, from being selfish and right. shallow to being somebody who who cares about others who are, you know, pretty much less fortunate than him, which is what Barry is. And it's the same transformation, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, he even had sort of the same issues with his girlfriend. I mean, it's just the same, it's the same type of stuff. And I, I'm just kind of tired of seeing him do the same thing. And maybe it's because he's, his character's written so badly here. Yeah, I mean, I he's saying... Um, and, and and like at least in role models, they give him gave him some funny lines and some funny situations, like uh, his little tirade with the uh, people at Starbucks about small, medium, and large, and, right. and they used his deadpan delivery and and his uh, his sense of humor. But in in this, he, he really plays a character that anybody could have played. And the funniest moment his character has in the film is actually physical comedy. It's not even his delivery, which is the funniest part about him. Um, you know, when his back's hurt and he's trying to walk. 
um, right. which was you know a quick giggle, but that's that's about it. Um, yeah. What do you think about Zach Galifianakis? I mean, this, this guy is a guy um, that can still deliver, I think, but in this movie. <laughs> I mean, my personal opinion is that they gave him a one-note joke and, and uh, took it on about 20 minutes longer than it should have been. I think I think we've seen the best out of Zach Galifianakis, and and he's going to spend the rest of his career trying to match what he did mm-hmm. in The Hangover. I, I, I have this feeling that that's what he's going to be. He's always going to be that guy who was really funny that one time you saw him. Mm-hmm. And then every other time you saw him, you're just like, eh, whatever. He, you know, he's he, doing the same thing. The unfortunate thing about him is, is I think he just peaked with Hangover because this is a guy who is actually really funny in kind of like the, the same global way, the, the same big picture way with, with subtle differences in each role. Like uh, ever since I, I've liked this guy ever since the movie Out Cold. Um, I don't know if you've seen that or if you remember uh, yeah. that movie. We've, um, we've talked we've talked about it on the show before. <laughs> oh, have we? okay, yeah. Um, well, I, you know, and ever since Out Cold, he's been funny, but I think. What is going to happen is uh, because of his part in The Hangover, he's going to get parts written for him that are exactly like his part in The Hangover or close enough to it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's just – I think, again, it could be a situation where his character is just too ridiculous to, to be to be funny. Yeah. You know, he, he plays a guy who, who quote-unquote, has mental powers, but his mental powers only seem to extend to Barry. You know, yeah. they, don't, they don't really seem to work on anybody else, and he doesn't even really try. Yeah, he right. really tries on his, Barry. His mental power to... is that he's got one IQ point ahead of Barry and knows that Barry will believe anything he says. Right, and and we we basically come to find out that they have a a, a more intertwined past than than it seems like they do initially. Mm-hmm. But his character is so stupid that I that I found it hard to to really invest in him, and and that brings me to what the movie is supposed to be about, which is the dinner for schmucks for idiots. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was the biggest letdown. Because the rest of the movie, I was just like, eh, you know, certain parts of it are funny, but the payoff should come at the dinner. Right. And the dinner scene just totally falls on its face. Yeah. I, did um, not, I, don't, I don't recall laughing one time at any of the characters. There's a number of idiots. There's a, there's a guy who has, a, who has his wife. His wife is a puppet. She's a bit slutty. There's a guy with a beard, with a, with a, world, a world champion beard grower, a lady yeah. who talks talks to dead animals and it, it's just it's so far out there and stupid that that it, i just could not i could not get into it the only part of the dinner and, and I, I agree with you 100 percent there that that should have been the uh explosion at the end of the firework i mean that should have been where they really got the funny in if they didn't get anywhere else because you have what's supposed to be a plethora of hilarious characters in the same place doing ridiculous things but most of them if not all of them are completely stupid and then the only funny scene, at least that I thought was funny, was uh, when um, uh, Steve Carell is talking to uh, the guy that plays one of um, Paul Rudd's clients who, who's come to the dinner, who's from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, he's doing his, a little, you know, talking slower and louder to somebody that's foreign, you know, and, and asking right. stupid questions. And I, I thought that was pretty funny, but there was a lot, a lot of wasted potential, and not just that scene, but in this whole movie. Um, it's not to say you won't laugh when you watch it. I, I think you will. Uh, I think you'll have some good laughs. And if you really like Steve Carell, um, I think you'll have a lot of good laughs. But um, it's it, this movie is the negative comes more in the sense of lost potential than in how bad it is. Because um, I can't, I can't say it's a bad movie. Um, I can't say I didn't enjoy it, but I can say that I was disappointed. 
Right. I think that's more what it is for me is is wasted potential. There's a mm. hell of a cast here. Even the 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 other idiots, uh, you know, most of them are people that I like. Rick Overton, uh, Lucy Punch is in it. She plays the girlfriend or the the stalker girl. Uh, Bruce Greenwood's the boss. I mean, there's a lot of good characters here. Like a lot of good character actors, mm. and it's just it just all goes to waste. And that it's really a shame because this should have been a really funny movie. I was looking forward to it a lot, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing they try to insert, um, you know, I I think sometimes they when people are making movies they they think that they have every movie has to have every angle it has to have a love story it has to have sentiment it has to have comedy it has to have all this stuff and, and I I don't think every movie needs that like this right. movie they they try to add a lot of sentimentality to uh, to Barry's character you know they they add um, a, an angle that might really not need to be there. Um, because you already feel for the guy because he's an idiot. You don't need to feel for him because bad things have happened to him or right. something like that. Well, this is what I was saying at the beginning when I was saying that the dinner game doesn't pull any punches. Uh, dinner for Smucks really sells out at the end when they try their best to make sure we have a, a nice and happy, cleaned-up ending for everybody. You know, the the bad guys or the, the mean guys, the bosses, you know, they get their comeuppance and all the... The losers, then you know they get their moment to shine, and you know you get that that really weak, bland, you know, cheerful ending. And I was just like, ugh, mm-hmm. you know, it just it just did it just did not work in any way. And they they practically bend over backwards to make sure that Tim and Barry remain on good terms, which they really shouldn't. But yeah. you know, they really should, no matter what the hell's going on. They should not. They should never see each other again. But the movie tries so hard to make it seem like they should be friends, and I was just like, all right, yeah, this thing is just totally gone down the tubes. Yeah, it's a real bad case of if the movie had some balls, it would have been better for it. Maybe the French movie, I haven't seen it, but maybe that is is where it may have done something a little bit better, uh, is having the balls to, to not um, give it the sugary, uh, Hollywoody ending. Um, and right. I, I don't know when, if ever, Hollywood will stop giving themselves Hollywood endings and realize that <laughs> maybe things will be better if you don't do it the way everybody else does it every single time. Never... But, Never, 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 never. Um, never happened. So for, for me, this was, uh, I think it was a two and a half. That's why I would give it. I would give it a two and a half uh, Gutenbergs out of five. It just did not work for me. I'm starting to get really mathematical here. I'm going to give it a 2.75. Uh, um, get the fuck out of here. We have to uh, cut out the fractions <laughs> at some point. Um, but it, it was... I, and I might be be I, I might be a little bit too rough on it because of how disappointed I was. But I mean, I think if you're disappointed with a movie, regardless if you enjoy it or not, I think that's a, a negative aspect. So uh, I definitely can't give it a three. I just give it two point seven five Gutenbergs. That's uh, two Gutenbergs and about uh, an ear, a couple of eyes, and a nose. Um, In my review, I actually gave it a three. So I, <laughs> I gave it a three. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a pain in the ass to cut those pictures in half, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Um, uh, or what it was. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Uh, somehow, uh, again, I always mention these weird little facts and everything that nobody probably cares about, but what would you peg the budget for this movie at? Uh, 40 mil. 62.7. Where the fuck did they spend that money? I don't know where that went. I don't, I don't know. Million dollars on a movie that's mostly dialogue 
has no explosions and very few special effects. It's I I would love to see an audit report of some, no I wouldn't because I hate numbers but yeah. uh, I would love to have somebody explain to me an audit report of one of these movies. I would, um, like, to, I would like to know also where that money goes because I, I don't think they include the cast cost in the production budget. I don't think they do. But then again, you know I, I, so? I could I could be wrong. If they did, then I would understand it more. Right. Because, yeah. Because there's you know Steve Carell probably demands a pretty penny at this point, and so does Paul Rudd probably. But uh, and Zach Galifianakis probably does too. Really, I don't think he deserves it yet. But uh, if they do, then I understand it. If they don't, then I'm like, what the hell? Where's that? Mm-hmm. So, well, going from budgets to how they regain that budget, let's get into the box office for the weekend. Um, hey, I like, in, I like going oh, to the box office. This, this is this is uh, your territory. I almost uh, took the uh, wind out of your sails and gave away the number one spot. But uh, oh, you know, it. I don't really care. But it's, 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 not, it's not like it's my thing. But I'll go ahead with it anyway. Uh, number one for the third week in a row is Inception with another twenty-seven point five million dollars. I'm very proud of America at this point because I was one of those people who said this would not be a financial success because I didn't yeah. think people wanted to see a smart movie in the middle of summer, and I was wrong, and I'm very happy to be wrong. It's mm-hmm. at one hundred ninety-three million dollars now, so it has been a success, and I wouldn't be surprised if it won again next week. To be honest. Yeah, I mean this. This is a movie that everybody's gonna see. Everybody's talking about. It's it's the water cooler stuff. I I think I, I I like you. I'm proud to hear people have seen this because it, you know it shows people are challenging themselves when finding entertainment and not just going to see stuff that blows up pretty. Um, exactly. Not that I don't like movies like that. All of you know that I love movies like that. Yeah. But uh, I also enjoy a good intelligent movie, and, and I'm glad everybody else does too. Exactly. Uh, getting off to a good start, uh, movie we just talked about, Dinner for Smucks at twenty three point three million. Uh, that's about par for the course for, you know, Paul Rudd led movies. You know, mm-hmm. they, they all seem to start around that same area. About, yeah, about twenty million. I think it's a there. little on the low side for something that's got Paul Rudd and Steve Carell, um, who is at the height of his popularity probably. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's still a respectable take. Yeah. Well, Date Night did a little bit better. Uh, Date Night got off to a better start than Dinner for Smucks did. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe... Well, then again, Tina Fey is a bigger star than Paul Rudd is. Um, number three, Salt with Angelina Jolie. That got another $19.2 million. That's doing better than I thought it would be doing. Cause it's, it's at to, uh, $71 million right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, good. That, that one's doing well for a movie that I was just kind of lukewarm. I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised that Angelina Jolie is is such a bankable action star. I mean, she's definitely proved her worth. But I mean, in her previous action movies. But I just, you know, even though I bought her in this movie, so I'm kind of being contradictory here. I still think she's too fragile to be an action star. And I don't know how everybody <laughs> believes. It. I don't know how I believe it, but she pulls it off somehow, and it's it's apparently paying off. Yep. Uh, number five, Cats and Dogs: The Revenge of Kitty Galore. This is the second if, of, we, of we three. Oh wait, we did, didn't we? Number four, Despicable Me at fifteen point five million. Uh, that one's up to one hundred ninety million dollars. It has been a huge success. This has been like an awesome year for animated films. Yeah, it has been. Box really office, have. they've been kicking ass. All yeah. Uh, number five, Cats and Dogs: The Revenge of Kitty Galore. This is the second uh, film debuting this week. Up uh, uh, debuted at twelve point five million. That's about ten million less than the original 2001 Cats and Dogs uh, did, which I'm not surprised because I don't think anybody remembers the 2001 Cats and Dogs except for me. 
No, but you so. know what? I am surprised in that gross uh, for the opening weekend, just because so much of the uh, so much of the revenue that comes in for movies is from, uh, you know, especially in the summer, is from families taking their kids to see movies. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, a movie about talking cats and dogs uh, running a, a covert ops mission just sounds like something that's ripe for the, uh, you know, parent with a child. You know, right, right there, and, and I, I really expected it to do more. Um, well, I don't know. That's the, one of those surprise movies that everybody says there's every adult says there's no way in hell I'd see that, but then it ends up making a hundred million dollars. Well, I thought the the marketing was pretty weak on it too. Uh, mm. They didn't do a, they didn't do a hell of a lot of marketing, and it's got some competition. I mean, it's got Despicable Me, which is still kicking ass right in front of it, and it's got Toy Story three, and there are other family movies around it that have more name recognition than Cats and Dogs do. That's true. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, not most people, most kids that would be going to see Cats and Dogs weren't even alive when the first film came out. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, number six, the movie we'll be talking about later, Charlie St. Cloud with Zac Efron, uh, twelve point one million. That's actually not that bad, I don't think, for mm. you know a movie that's. You know, I don't think it is. I don't think he's a he's an established commodity yet as a star. I think he could get there, but I think for a movie that basically has one known entity in it, which is him, it's yeah. not that bad. It's not that especially bad. A, especially a tear jerking drama in the middle of a summer blockbuster season. Right. Um, and, and actually, uh, this the a neat thing to note is, is uh, Charlie St. Cloud and Cats and Dogs made. Almost the exact same amount of money, um, and that's why I, actually on my list, the Charlie St. Cloud's in at number five, uh, above Cats and Dogs. But um, they, they, uh, it's kind of rare for them to come up that close. They're only yeah. like a, not even a hundred thousand dollars apart. Exactly. So. Um, number seven, Toy Story three, mm-hmm. uh, another five million bucks. Uh, number eight, Grown Ups, still hanging around. It's up to one hundred fifty-one million dollars. Did any of us think it was going to make that much after the way it started? I didn't. Uh, after seeing the movie, I was kind of hoping it, hoping it didn't. But uh, I, I can't lie and say that part of me didn't know that an Adam Sandler, Kevin James movie was going to make a lot of money. Um, I just didn't see it. People buy into them. I don't know. It, it, it's had more staying power than I ever gave it credit for having. Yeah. Uh, number nine, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's up to fifty-one point nine million. And number ten, The Twilight Saga: Eclipse. Let's go back it's to The Sorcerer's bad. Apprentice just for this. That's a Come big on. bomber. Come That's on. a big bomb. $150 million budget and somebody made $50 yeah. million. Yeah. A... Yeah, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad cause it's not that bad of a movie. I think it caught a bad rap. Yeah, I, I thought it was good, and I think, I think it'll find an audience definitely on DVD. Um, but it just in the summer so, I mean, you know, this summer blockbuster movie season, it was too soaked up for it to get its uh, foothold. So I guess – and the, the sad thing is uh, for one of our – Favorite stars, Nicolas Cage, his uh, monetary woes might not be going away. If he uh, is no longer a bankable star, people aren't going to pay him $25 million a picture. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right. So what do you want to jump into? DVDs? Um, let me see if there was – I forgot to look to see if there's anything that – Yes, uh, there are. What? Any – what? Any DVDs you want to talk about? No, just any uh, weird anomalies on the box office that probably only <laughs> I find interesting and nobody else in the world cares about. So <laughs> that being said, we can go ahead and move on from it and move to DVDs. This is an interesting week for DVDs, actually. Because what have we got going on? Well, the first one, of course, that I know you're going to buy and probably I'm going to buy. Uh, oh, Kick-Ass comes out sure. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kick-Ass comes out tomorrow. Uh, this was Nicolas Cage, Mark Strong, Chloe Moretz. Uh, 
Christopher Mitz Plassey. This was the um, kind of uh, aggressively rude superhero movie from earlier this year yeah. by uh, by Matthew Vaughn and Mark Miller. And a, we both we both love this. Oh yeah, it's a, it's about a kid who uh, decides why can't he be a superhero and basically orders a scuba suit from uh, Amazon and and goes out with a, a pair of uh, sticks. I don't know what you'd call them call him like nightsticks and tries to fight crime um and he's joined by you know great performances by nicholas cage and chloe moretz is it yep. i don't know chloe how to moretz. say it chloe, chloe moretz. moretz um you know definitely hit girl is the is the highlight of this movie and reason enough to see it but um everybody in this movie pretty much kicks ass as the title would so say um yep. and if you haven't seen it which i'm afraid a lot of you haven't because uh it really didn't do super well at the box office you definitely need to go out and rent if not buy this dvd tomorrow Right. It's yeah. It it, it kind of tanked at the box office a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Cause, but considering the budget, the budget was what thirty million, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, so it it more than made its money back. But I think we people like us, we had high expectations for it. Yeah. Or, it's or, another or, example. Or, actually, let me take that back. I didn't have high expectations for it. I knew it wasn't going to be a, a box office success. But I knew that people were expecting it to be. So you ha- you have that foresight that I just don't have because I get so wrapped up in the uh, in the um, you know the mojo of everything going on like the snakes on a plane syndrome type thing and this is, obviously <laughs> wasn't that bad but you know when movies like Kick Ass are coming out like I and the rest of the blogosphere and all those super nerds uh, think they're gonna these movies are gonna be the next uh, you know Titanic the next uh, Avatar because they're so awesome and they're so gonna be so great and everything's perfect about them and then they don't do that well and it, we realize it's because the only people that were talking about it were the 10% of the people on the internet that exactly. actually write blogs and stuff like that. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, next movie also stars Chloe Moretz. It's Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Now, I saw this. Uh, it's based off the uh, series of, of little books for, for, for kids uh, about a, a little tiny diminutive runt of a boy who, who joins, who who's, uh, goes to middle school and wants to be popular. And I actually like this movie a, a lot more than I thought I would. It's it's a it's cute. It's a family film, but uh, I think even you might like it, John. Yeah, admittedly, I I did want to see this movie. I I'm kind of upset I didn't see it in theaters, but I I don't really think it's a movie that you had to see in theaters because it's not no a no no spectacle no. Blo- uh, special effects. But I, I I'm seeing the trailer. It definitely looked like something I could be into, and I'm probably going to check it out. It's funny and and it's kind of insightful. I I think we've all been through those those days in school where you, those those times in school where we weren't the most popular guy and we were trying hard to desperately be the popular person. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it, it's kind of insightful. I enjoyed it. It's Spe- fun. Speaking of popular people, uh real quick just, uh, a little side note of something that makes me completely sick is the show uh My Super Sweet 16. Um I know that's about what? 4 years late on um on relevancy, but uh, I was I, I had MTV on today for some godforsaken reason, oh. and um, and that show my super sweet sixteen. Are you, you familiar with it? I am familiar of it, or at least I'm familiar with maybe. Well, maybe that is the same show. That's the show where they uh, throw parties for spoiled sixteen year olds. Yeah, sixteen year old girls and and right. well, sometimes guys that get these incredibly lavish parties thrown for them. And I'm just looking at it thinking. This is disgusting, um, yeah. and uh, that has nothing to do with Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but uh, it was just on my mind, so I thought I'd tell you. It's a terrible show. I mean, I, while I was gone, I caught, I think, two minutes of the first episode of Jersey Shore, and I wanted to kill myself. Oh, my God. I was, it, I was, it was, I was going nuts, I, and I was kind of, I was kind of uh, thrown aback, and, and, and not, you know, the wind was knocked out of me when I found out how many of my friends on Facebook 
I love Jersey Shore. Like, it's must-see TV. Like, when the premiere was coming on, <laughs> everybody was freaking tweet or not tweeting, uh, Facebooking that, uh, you know, I can't wait two hours till Jersey Shore, two hours this, and I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Jesus, Lord. Yeah. People like Nokia are American heroes. Did you disown those friends yet? Because I would have. No, like I, like I always say, to each his own taste. But, um, and, and, you know, the saddest thing is my mom is from Jersey, and she actually has friends that live in Seaside Heights where they shoot that show. And, and she, like I always get on her about it, she just hates the fact that, uh, that those people represent where she's from now. I, I mean, that, I mean that's gotta be, that has got to be the bottom of the sludge tank of humanity, yeah. uh, those people. Um, it is. They, they're pretty terrible. But then again, I got I got chastised because I'm a fan of Big Brother, the reality show, and uh, I, I I had my girlfriend watching it. Uh, is that an American show or is it a British show? There's a British one and there's an American one. All right, which one do you watch? The American one. Okay. And the people in there are pretty stupid too, but it's nothing compared to Jersey Shore. Yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Next movie, uh, The Ghost Rider. This is a movie that I liked a lot this year. It's Roman Polanski's uh, latest film. Uh, stars Pierce Brosnan and um, Ewan McGregor, and he stars as a as a ghostwriter for a prominent politician, uh, for a former British Prime Minister. Uh, and he comes to discover that the guy who had his job before him died under mysterious circumstances, and it turns into a, this whole big mystery. Uh, very taut psychological thriller, you know, it's a lot of fun, very moody and atmospheric. Uh, if you're a fan of Roman Polanski, you got to see it. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I am a big fan of Roman Polanski. His work, not everything yes. he does, of course. I, I don't think his... anybody can be a fan <laughs> of him personally, but um, it, this is another one that I, I missed and uh, and I really wanted to see. So I'm going to have a nice little week ahead of me of DVD viewings. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, was other some... stuff, a note, uh, Blu-ray releases this week include Escape from New York, The Breakfast Club, and Road to Perdition. Uh, which is a movie that I can embarrassingly say I've never seen. Um, so I, I admit, yeah, but then again, I've never finished Escape from New York. So, really, like no, Escape from a, Escape from LA, I'd understand, but Escape from New York is that one you definitely have to finish. Yeah, through. Road to Road to Perdition is that worth a buy? I own it, so uh-huh. I think it is. But then again, I bought it back when it first came out. I, I, I don't know if I've seen it, maybe except for one other time since, and I do like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, it is a, I think it's worth at least it's at least worth renting. I think I don't know if it's worth buying, but it's and worth al- renting. also on the coattails of the latest cinematic uh, release of Jersey Shore proportions, Piranha 3D is Ooh. the original Piranha on Blu-ray. The, so you can the, cor- you can the Corman see, one. Uh, yeah, the, you the, can see the Roger Corman one. Yikes! You can see cheesy bad special effects in. Uh, 1080p high definition uh, for an extra 10 bucks if you want to buy that. Uh, you can also hit yourself in the face with a hammer if you like. Uh, probably <laughs> both would be as enjoyable as the other. Um, um, the only other movie I want to mention is A Prophet, which comes out tomorrow also. This was a phenomenal uh, crime film about a Muslim who joins the Italian mob and basically rises from being a, a low-level hitman to becoming a kingpin it's a great film uh, that everyone needs to check out cool um that is not one i heard of but i will definitely take that under consideration you have absolutely you have absolutely heard of a prophet because we've spoken about it before come on is it is it one that i maybe just forgot of because i it did sound a little bit familiar but i wasn't sure that i knew about it i think you forgot it because between me and the other critics in our in our little group it's been talked about a lot 
So I, I know you've heard about it. Well, I'm definitely going to hear about it because I'm going to put it on my Netflix and I'm going to check it out because <laughs> the idea of a Muslim in the Italian mafia just sounds too much for me to ignore. I'm going to have to see that. That being said, let's move into news and try this intro one more time. I think that's all we need. Nice. Not as loud? A lot, nice. lot better. There we go. Um, I like that. First of all, let's talk, since we're on the um, topic of the end of humanity and decent society, let's talk about this uh, most offensive trailer ever you put up. Um, <laughs> did you watch it? I did, and I, I'll be honest with you, Travis. Um, usually, I am all for your posts. I, I think you do a great job. You've got great writing. <laughs> I almost deleted this post after you put it up, just because after I watched the trailer, I did not want to even think about giving these people one possible viewer out well, of anybody that might read the site. The problem is, I saw this movie, okay? And somebody suggested it to me back when it came out. And, you know, I had no idea who Vince Offer was at the time. Nobody did. Uh, for those who don't know, he is the sham wow guy. You know, he's the guy who says, you know, the Germans, the Germans make good product. The Germans make good stuff. You know, he's, yeah. he's, that, he's that fool. And when he's not uh, hawking towels, he's beating up hookers in uh, Miami hotel rooms. Right, exactly. Uh, was back in 1999, he made a movie called The Underground Comedy Movie, which is just one of the worst pieces of film you will ever see. It is a blight on society. It is so bad. Uh, <laughs> and it, has after incredibly, a, it has incredibly original things, like Lindsay Lohan shooting the paparazzi. Right, it's stuff like that. Now, that's new footage. That's, not, that's how far she fell this year. Uh, Vince Offer decided that he was going to bring his his underground comedy movie back 11 years later with the same footage, it's the exact same film, mm. but a couple of extra scenes. And Lindsay Lohan did one of the scenes, and it's that's how far she fell that she did a, a she, that she took time out to shoot some stuff for the underground comedy movie 2010. Now, if you want to know how bad this movie is, the highlights are. Supermodels taking a shit in the toilet. In the toilet, that's all they do. They just mm-hmm. sit there and they take really loud farting shits. And Michael Clark Duncan as the gay virgin. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm now, all for stupid comedies, but I am not for comedies that are so freaking stupid. It's like they're t- they're they're insulting you by making the movie. It's like they're saying, "Hey, we think you're actually dumb enough." to watch this movie and to think that we took any kind of creative uh, liberties with anything and uh, and tried to do something funny for you. We're just going to take a shit in the box, <laughs> market a movie, and hope you watch it. Now, there's some genuine... I'll, I'll be honest. The Michael Clark Duncan as the gay virgin has a moment or two that's kind of funny. Mm. Okay, it's just so... It's so dumb, you know, because he's... Obviously, he's about 350 pounds of, of pure muscle. Right, which is scary about, to anybody thinking about scary. him being gay. Right, to think about him being gay, and then to think about him, the entire segment he's getting hit on by guys. That's all it is. It's yeah. just him getting hit on by other gay guys who just want, who just basically want to bang him for the first time. That's all it is. And when you think about that, it's so it's so stupid. Yeah, but that it, it kind of makes you chuckle. Well, I mean, and some then, high, and then and then it's over. It, some, and, that, and then you, you you look at yourself, you feel a little dirty, and then you you, you, you that's about it. Yeah, I mean, some highlights of this uh, trailer were clever things like um, showing a drive-by shooting that that shoots up a mother and her baby because, you know, being incredibly uh, inappropriate. That's always funny. That's always funny. 
Yeah, yeah that, that's stuff like that's always funny. I mean, I just it, when it's something like like I, like I said, I'm all for juvenile humor. I mean, I think farting is hilarious, but if <laughs> if you're just gonna take a dump in the toilet and tell me to look at it, I'm not gonna laugh and buy your movie. Yeah, it's, that's not funny. But uh, that's I I just spent way more time than I wanted to promote yeah, this movie. But, but if you want to see the trailer for this thing, and it's it's due out sometime later this year. I don't know why or who is re-releasing it. I seriously doubt it will be in theaters. It will probably just be an updated version of the DVD, most likely, mm-hmm. I hope. Um, then you can go to punchdropcritics.com and check it out for yourself. It's it's near the top, so you can go see that. Yeah, you can, and as always, uh, <laughs> for everything else, you can check out www.punchdropcritics.com. We are also your number one portal to get to Amazon.com. If you need to go there, uh, why don't you get some movie news first? Uh, come check out the Punch Drunk Critics, then go through the link at Amazon, the Amazon.com link on our site, and buy whatever you need. Help us out a little bit. Um, exactly. Now, movies uh, tra- of trailers that came out that I do want to see, uh, did you get to see I, – I believe you said you did the Thor trailer before it got taken down. I did. Okay. And it's awesome. But, yeah, it is awesome, isn't it? <laughs> and it's um, long. It's long, too. What's it, about four minutes? Yeah, it was. A, it was a, it's actually a six-minute Comic-Con trailer. Um, but I think they really – it seems like the breadth of this movie, they needed six minutes to show all what it encompasses because I wasn't – I didn't know that it was going to take place both in Earth and in Asgard, which is uh, Thor's home world um, if you're not familiar with the character. But um, the, mm-hmm. the only thing I have bad to say about it is the Asgard stuff did look a little 80s. Um, it did look a little bit like you, the you, Masters of the Universe it, with Dolph Lundgren. You know, you know what it looks like? Huh. It, it, looks like it looks like Flash Gordon. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. It looks, like, it looks like Flash Gordon, and, and and I understand that. And when I was seeing the first images of it, like the the still shots, I was thinking this looks like Flash Gordon, right. or, or it looks like the the, the gods standing around in Clash of the Titans. You know, it looks it looks really it looks a little a little cheesy, but yeah, you know. <laughs> but I mean, everything. I mean, I I think it's really cool how you know they are showing both, and uh, the. It does seem like the one thing I was worried about was this melding in with the universe that was created by Iron Man. I was wondering how they were going to make Iron Man and Thor seem like they were from the same world. Well, not actually from the same world because they're not, but you know, could exist in the same world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it actually seems like they've done a really good job with it. And I'm really digging Hemsworth as, as Thor. He uh, he looks apart. I didn't think anybody could be big enough uh, or you know look the part and pull it off, but he does. Um, I was even surprised to see that in the trailer he actually does wear the uh, the funny winged hat, and uh, it doesn't look too bad. No, I think it, I think they did a they did an awesome job. Uh, I never understood quite the uh, the difficulty in making it seem as if Iron Man and Thor and the Hulk and all these other uh, characters could exist in the same world. I never understood what the difficulty in that was. I, I remember when they first started talking about that, I was like. You know how you do it? You just freaking do it. Yeah. You you, if you bring it up and you start trying to act like they don't exist in the same world, you're only going to make things awkward. Mm-hmm. You ought to just throw them out there and see what happens, and that's and that's all you have to do. And I think that's what they're doing. So that's a that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah, and, and they even they they do that. Um, it seems, and they but they do take a little bit of time to explain some of the more out there things. Like obviously uh, in Iron Man. Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be a world that magic exists, but in the in the trailer, you even get a little bit of the explanation, which I hope they don't go too far into. I hope they just pay it a little uh, lip service and then move on. But uh, you know, just basically explain that magic is uh, what is science. Um, eventually, you know, in the future, we'll we'll see it as science. But um, right. 
And that's the Thor trailer. If you wanted to check it out, well, too bad because it got taken down. You should be checking our site every day. Um, <laughs> if you would have done that, you would have seen the trailer, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. But uh, we will have the legal version up as soon as it uh, is released. Um, last trailer news, just something I wanted to get your take on real quick, uh, is Yogi Bear. Um, I know you posted up the, you got the poster up there, but then uh, the trailer came out right afterwards. What do you, what do you think of the trailer? I like it. I, I mean, too. I, I, I like it. I, I think they've they've got Yogi Bear and and Boo Boo nailed. I mm-hmm. mean, in terms, especially in terms of how they look, I yeah. think it's it's as spot on as you could possibly get something like that. I think it looks better than the Smurfs does. Yeah, I think it, I think it looks like it could be a lot of fun. So that's that's all I'm hoping it, it is just fun. Yeah, I, that's I, I like I, I like Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. I like the cartoon. I always did. So if they can get that dynamic right, and it seems like they are, then then it's gonna it's gonna be worth checking out. Yeah, it, it's it's always hard. Uh, usually, there's a higher failure rate than uh, than uh, g- good rate. Whatever um, my vocabulary sucks there um, for the live action <laughs> c- live action mixed with CGI movies. I mean, for every uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you have ten Looney Tunes back in actions. Um, so, uh, they, but this does look like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Can you believe that Boo Boo is Justin Timberlake? He actually does a good job with the voice acting. I couldn't even tell it was him. Agreed. Yeah, and uh, Dan Aykroyd as Yogi um, is not as perfect as 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 I would want, but uh, but is you know definitely uh, serviceable, doable. So yes, what what do you have you want to talk about in the news world? Uh, the remake for Total Recall has a director. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are doing a remake of of Total Recall, which is uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger sci-fi film from nineteen ninety nineteen ninety one. I was think. it really the 90s? Uh, Total Recall? Yeah, I thought that was late 80s. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm my, pretty sure it's 1991. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they're doing a remake of Total Recall, and Lynn Weissman is the guy who's been hired to direct it. He He's the guy who directed um, Underworld. Mm-hmm. So and Also the guy that's married to Kate Beckinsale, so you can hate him for that reason. Um, oh, oh, yeah, he is married to her, isn't he? Yeah. No wonder he um, those movies. I don't know. I think this movie's going to have to change a little bit. Um, definitely, it can't be a shot-for-shot remake of the original. Um, I think no, no, no. they're saying it's a more, it's a more modern take. Is what okay, saying. I, I think Total Recall is one of those movies that succeeded because it had that '80s, early '90s charm that some of these movies, these more ridiculous movies had. Uh, plus, I had Arnold's who um, say what you want about his acting; he's you know always got that certain charisma. Um, right. Right. But. In other remake news, uh, just real quick, RoboCop is officially dead. Um, <laughs> Darren Aronofsky was supposed to be who did The Wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. He was supposed to be doing a remake of that. Uh, he's no longer attached, and uh, people close to the studio and the project have said that it is dead in the water. So when it yeah. comes to Dead or Alive, you're coming with me, uh, we're going to go dead on that one. Speaking of, of dead and guys whose careers are very nearly dead, uh, Mel Gibson is looking to make a comeback with Lethal Weapon 5. Uh, a few months ago, we had heard that... Uh, actually, it wasn't a few, a few months ago. It was probably last year or maybe even a year before. We had heard that uh, they were working on making a Lethal Weapon 5 uh, that would bring back the original cast. Uh, Shane Black, the writer, had been signed on already. They are going to bring in Columbus Short from The Losers to play uh, Danny Glover's son um, in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the time, it was Mel Gibson who kind of backed away from it and didn't want to work on it at the time. He was doing his own thing at that point, and and he didn't his, want to take a step back. And the only then, thing, by the way, consists of uh, drinking too much and leaving voicemails on his 
ex-wife or girlfriend's right. uh, cell phone. So right. Well, that was that, that was actually a few. Yeah, that was actually a few years ago when they uh, when they those rumors first surfaced. Um, but since that time, obviously things have changed a little bit for Mel Gibson, and now he desperately needs a hit to get him to get people to like him again. Uh, his last film was Edge of Darkness, which I don't think either one of us really cared that much for, and it didn't make that much money. Either. It was likable, but it wasn't. It, it's nothing that's going to bring him back from what he's done to, his, fucking to ruin his public image. Um, pretty, pretty boring flick, which, which I think, I think we both said it was kind of boring, but it, it, it shouldn't have been. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, so now it appears that he is back in talks uh, with Joel Silver to do Lethal Weapon Five again now, and I'm not surprised at all. That comes, nah. from a, that comes from a source within the studio that says they are back in talks to do this film. Now, my only question is, will the rest of his cast want to do the film with him? If Danny Glover comes back, I will not see the movie. And I, and it's not, I love Danny Glover. It's not because of him. It's because that motherfucker has been two days from retirement for 25 years. So if he's still on the force, <laughs> um, that's you know less believable than Avatar um, in our world. Uh I, yeah. I don't. I don't see this movie. Lethal Weapon Four. I will give credit to. It was a fun movie, uh, thanks yeah. to the great villain of Jet Li and and uh, and some real fun. But it was really kind of the last ditch effort that they caught just in time. I, I don't think now ten years later. Actually, more than it was 1998 when Lethal Weapon Four came out. So we're looking at 12 years later. Um, I, I can't buy Gibson as his his only hope uh, was as a director now, and he's totally effed himself on that. So. Yeah, even on that, yeah, like you said, he's he's losing projects. I mean, he had that thing with Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be a Viking flick, uh, and DiCaprio backed out of that. That's down the drain. And the film he was going to do next that might have revived his career, uh, The Beaver, uh, with Jodie Foster. That that's gone now. That that movie had a lot of good buzz for it. Going yeah, through. but it's, and, it's 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 gone too. It's been put on permanent indefinite hold. Because of all the crap he's been doing lately, so yeah. I mean, he's, he's just—he's killing his career. I'm not so sure *Lethal Weapon 5* would be the thing to to get it back on track, but. And I know we're not, we're not a celebrity gossip site or show, but I mean, Ooh. just real quick in this realm, how many celebrities have to go down this road before the rest of them realize what I do with my personal life will affect my my professional career? I mean. And how stupid do you have to be to know that you're not in our age of the internet and uh, you know instant uh, communication across the world? Uh, how stupid do you have to be to realize not that everything you're doing is being taped, photographed, exactly. and you know just Jesus Christ, you have twenty million dollars, stay in your house and buy everything, have everything sent to you. Exactly, that's that's all I would do. If, I, if it ever comes to the point where where I'm famous, uh, you probably won't see too much of me. No, no, I, I'll be like, honestly, you know, you know who's got it down pat, but I, I called him a douchebag to somebody the other week, but he, he's actually got the right idea, is Leonardo DiCaprio. You never yeah. hear shit about that dude, and he's a freaking superstar, because yeah. he minds his P's and Q's, and that's about it. Um, real quick, we're getting getting uh, low on time here, and we were talking about having a short show. Um, this dude this dropped today that, that gave me uh, instant happiness in the Pantel region. Um, Robert Rodriguez is in talks to direct Deadpool. Um, yeah. How awesome is that? Yeah, uh, it was actually, um, I think it was in June that that, that that rumor first surfaced, that he was uh, one of the candidates to take over to Deadpool. Um, but now we hear today that they have actually entered into active negotiations. So it's looking like he is going to get that job 
Uh, and that's going to be awesome. I can't think of a better a better pairing than no, Robert Rodriguez and, and, and uh, Deadpool. And and also the writers attached to it are seem perfect for the thing too. I mean, you got Deadpool, who basically is uh, a antihero that combines hyper violence and humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a script written by the guys who did Zombieland. Yeah. Uh, and Robert Rodriguez directing, who both of those, you know, all or all three of those people, because it's Rhett Reese and Paul Werick, Wernick that are doing the uh, script. Um, all three of those people are almost perfectly tailored for that type of movie. Yeah, it couldn't be better. I mean, uh, I only, the only question I have is whether or not he'll, you know, he'll like working under a studio because this will be a very studio film. But he's shown he can do it before, so I, I assume there'll be no problems with that. All I can all I can hope is that they respect uh, Robert Rodriguez's track record and let him do what he wants with the character because we know, even if he doesn't have a personal interest in Deadpool, we know that he stays well to the source material and to what the fans want. We know that. Um, yep. Will 20th Century Fox let him do that? Maybe not so much as he usually does, but hopefully they give him enough, uh, you know, room to to make it uh, the movie that we want to see. Because that's this is a, a character that that really is one of those third tier characters that that anybody outside of the comic book world does not know about, um, and has a tendency to be or has a possibility to be a real hit because of the type of character he is with his you know one liners and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, yep, that's going to be awesome. So let's let's hope that deal gets done. I'm assuming if it is, it'll probably be the next couple of days. So mm-hmm. let's let's hope for the confirmation. Indeed, saw. Um, yeah. And I think uh, let's see, the guy from Lost is rebooting uh, Jack Ryan's franchise. Uh, we got a, a video up on the site right now of uh, some Transformers three shootings. We're going to try and get you some uh, some exclusive stuff. Uh, when they shoot in D.C., um, Travis and I might even uh, go gorilla, um, gorilla <laughs> blogging on the set and uh, try to clock you some interviews and stuff like that. They are shooting in D.C. in September. If anybody in the D.C. metro area has ever wanted to be an extra or do anything like that, uh, check out uh, DCS.com or uh, just Google the D.C. film board. Uh, there's some information there about when Transformers 3 is shooting in the D.C. metro area. If That is if they're allowed to because there's uh, – some news about Michael Bay, who is kind of um, full of himself, I think, because he, he apparently wanted to do some very, very heavy effects, late, heavy special effects laden, meaning translates that to explosions and shit, uh, shots on the National Mall and right by the White House. Um, so apparently this guy thinks he can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, but as long as they are still shooting in September, uh, you guys might be able to be in the movie if you want to be an extra, so check that out. Um, and I think that's all I had for news. That's it. Let's that's jump it. into Charlie St. Cloud, man. Let's jump into Charlie St. Cloud. Uh, it's like St. Cloud. Did you, did you almost call it Charlie St. Crap? No, I did not do such things. And I'm guessing you're going to, though. Um, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I, I don't think this was that bad of a movie, honestly. It's it's okay. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give it more credit than some other people are giving it. Um, Charlie St. Cloud is, is Zac Efron's star, first real adult starring vehicle uh, as far as I can, as far as I can remember uh, he, he plays Charlie St. Cloud uh, who's who's sort of a, a guy who's got his whole life ahead of him he's he's got a sailing scholarship to Stanford uh, his little brother Sam loves him his mom loves him everything seems to be going good for him and then he gets into a, a car accident uh, and his brother Sam is tragically killed uh, Charlie actually dies for for a few minutes and then is revived 
by the paramedic played by Ray Liotta. Um, when Charlie wakes up, he finds that he can see dead people. Uh, not a joke like the sixth sense, but he can actually see his, his brother, his brother Sam. Yeah, well, he, he only sees one dead person. He sees his brother. He doesn't, well, he doesn't see everybody. You know, at the, uh... he, well, he sees others as well. well he, yeah, but mainly it's his, his brother. He, but, he's not walking yeah. around like uh, the sixth sense kid. He can see the dead people that he cared about, basically. Right. Let's put it, let's put it that way. Because he can see saw his friend also, and then he sees someone else later on too. So oh, that's right, he did see. Uh, his friend. That's right, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. So he he wakes up and he realizes he can see see some dead people. He sees his brother Sam, and he makes a promise to him that he will he, that he will play baseball with him every single day, uh, for the re- basically for the rest of his life. It was yeah. a promise he had made his brother before he died that he would play baseball with him before uh throughout the summer until he went away to college. But when he died, he made the promise for the rest of his life. And for the next five years, he keeps that promise every single day, puts mm-hmm. his entire life on hold, drops the scholarship, uh, basically stays at home, and, and his, he lives his life for his brother Sam, even though he's dead. Yeah, and actually so much so that home is now a uh, – he's given up the Ivy League to work at the cemetery uh, that his brother's buried as the caretaker. So uh, he's pretty all in on it. Yep, Exactly. Uh, he runs across a girl that he used to know in school named Tess, who, another another uh, another boatsman, uh, mm-hmm. and she's about to go off on a trip around the world. And, and Played by race. Amanda Crew from Sex Drive. Yes, and uh, I didn't even recognize her. I recognized I, her, and I didn't know where the hell from until I got home and put it through the old MDM machine. Yeah, I, I would, until you just told me that it was the girl from Sex Drive, I didn't realize that that was her. But huh. I knew I'd I knew I'd recognized her before too. Uh, they start a, a sort of a, a reluctant relationship, and then things sort of take a weird turn, which I don't want to spoil. Right. But uh, that's basically the gist of it: is is Charlie trying to find a way to stay true to his brother and find a way to live his own life, or at least right. that's what the at least that's what the trailer told us the film was going to be. My right. biggest problem with the film is that it doesn't deal with that issue much at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I, my biggest problem with the film was was how certain things were handled. Um, just I, I, I think th- this movie really didn't know what it wanted to be, and that is both a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, it's it's not a complete tearjerker where you're just depressed when you leave. It's actually pretty funny at times, um, but it's it, it's like not it's not a comedy. It's not a tearjerker. It's not a rom- romance really. It's it's like ten different things, and not in the good way and not in a bad way. There are some really oddly, oddly timed jokes in here. Yeah. Especially from the brother. And I think this is another issue that the, that the movie has, is that the brother isn't really all that likable. The little brother, Sam, I didn't, I didn't like him at all. I thought, well, he was see, a bit of a, I thought he was a bit of a dick. And that, that's kind of how what I'm talking about when I, when I say things, how certain things were handled. Like, I, I actually think the kid that played him was good. I, I, thought, I thought that kid was a, a you know, a great great little actor but uh and i also thought it was great the way they handled the the relationship between him and charlie while he was still alive because uh, they basically had 10 minutes of the movie to show you why or why you should care about this it would show you how much these two siblings care about each other and they accomplished right. that task very well you know more so than they did in the entirety of the star wars prequels showing you how obi-wan and anakin were friends um you know <laughs> so to do that 10 minutes is a pretty big uh, pretty big deal, and, and they they did a good job with it. They they made it very convincing. But afterwards, you're right. The kid kind of turns into a dick. Yeah, he's a bit of a jerk. I mean, he's he's talking about 
jerking off to the to the pitch to the pictures of the girl that he likes that that Charlie likes, and mm. he's you know he's he's actually really just kind of selfish. Yeah, that's and exactly I don't what I was going to use. Yeah, I don't know if that's the that was kind of the point. Maybe the maybe they didn't want to change. Maybe the characters like that in life. He was selfish and he didn't change. But mm. it it made me not really care, and it made me think that Charlie's decision should have been pretty goddamn easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It made me it made me not not really get into any hard decisions he would have had to make. Yeah, well, I mean, to me, it, it kind of like, it, it felt like that a little bit, but at the same time, it felt like, uh, you know, the the battered wife syndrome where, uh, you know, it, it's not the best thing for him, and, and uh, you know, obviously I can't equate this character to, to a, an abusive husband, but, uh, you know, this, as selfish and annoying as he was, it, Charlie still says, you know, that's my brother, I have to do the right thing, I have to, you know, still be there for him and see him and do all this stuff. Um, right. This is Zac Efron's movie. I mean, this movie is is nothing oh, yeah. without his performance. Um, I am still, no, I am no longer embarrassed to say I'm a fan of his, uh, but I, I'm still kind of shocked when I say it. Um, yeah. When I saw Seventeen again, I, I was kind of surprised by how likable he was. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, man, you know, this is Zac Efron kid's not too bad. And then I go see this movie, and um, you know, he's got great comedic timing. He he can. Um, uh, he can emote. He, he can he can cry on screen without looking retarded. Um, you know that's that's one thing a lot of people have trouble with. A lot of actors is when they actually uh, shed some tears on screen. Um, and I'm not talking about the one little tear that drops down. I'm talking when they have to show it in the face if they're upset. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of them end up looking like they're trying to take a crap, but he actually pulls it out off you know fairly well. Uh, yeah, and I was I, impressed by his performance. I agree. I think this is the movie where you can officially not be embarrassed by him. Uh, you know, I, I still haven't been able to sit through 17 again. I've seen about half of it and I, I can't quite make it all the way through. It's just, I don't like it, but, uh, and I don't really like him in it, but, uh, he was okay in me and Orson Welles last year, which is another kind of an, an adult yeah, I movie. See that one. And, and he's, he's pretty good in that, but he's, he's pee pales in comparison to the, uh, the guy who plays Orson Welles, who's like, who should have got nominated for an Oscar, frankly, he was so good. But uh, Zach Efron was good in there, and I think he is the best thing about this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, it all hinges upon him, and and frankly, not many of the other characters are are developed all that well. I mean, yeah. we see Kim Basinger, who plays his 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 mother, and she's in there for about five minutes, and she just kind of disappears. You know, she yeah. kind of goes away. And the other the other person that that I liked also was Ray Liotta. Uh, he he shows up in there as the as the uh, the paramedic who saves Charlie, mm-hmm. and he has an outlook on life that will serve Charlie well in the future. Uh, but I wish there could have been more scenes with him because he mm-hmm. was he was really good. And and, and 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 it's like you said earlier, there seem to be a lot of things that just kind of, you know, I don't understand quite how they were handled. It seems to go for a melodrama where it would have made more sense to be more logical. And then when right. it should have been more logical, you know, it goes for melodrama. So it's just it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, I was I like you said I was surprised by how little. I mean, they're not showcased in any of the marketing stuff. Like they're not on the posters or anything like that. But when I looked at the uh, the IMDb page before I went to the movies, like I always do, um, I I saw Kim Basinger and uh, Ray Liotta on there. I expected at least a decent performance from them, and and uh, not decent performance. I had a little bit of screen time, and both of them were in the movie for less than. Five minutes total, probably. Right. Um, and he does a lot more with his scenes than she does. I mean, she's, yeah. she she pretty much has nothing to do in this movie. So. Yeah, I mean, anybody could... There, there was no point in them paying the premium to have Kim Basker for that role, because anybody could have played it. Um, and, but 
they gave and, and then you have the other thing that, that annoyed me was the um, his friend that works at the cemetery with him, the British kid. Oh, Alistair. Um, yeah, we were trying yeah. to figure out is that his accent, which was very, 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 very annoying, very yeah. thick. It was very thick, and and his entire the entirety of his character was based on. Look at me, I have a funny accent. I mean, it, it reminded me of all I could think of every time he spoke was Paul Rudd in um, in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall when he's like, "You sound like you're from London," because that's exactly how it how it sounds. Um, it, you know, he's he's loud. He's Hello. Hello. Travis, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. You, did you lose me? <laughs> yeah, you just kind of cut off for a second there. Oh, well, that sucks. Um, although I'm sure everybody else is uh, pretty relieved <laughs> to not have to listen to me talk anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, but my biggest my biggest problem with it is that I was really looking forward to a movie where the character, where the main character Charlie, had to decide, you know, am I going to move on? Or am I going to, or am I going to stay in the past? You know, living in the past with my brother. And while that was certainly an element of the film, and they really try to hammer that home at the end, um, it should have been a recurring theme throughout, and it really just wasn't. Yeah, and and actually, I felt like the uh, that's another one of my problems is I felt like the actual decision was just kind of glossed over. Right. Like it wasn't even the climax of the film. Like I think it should have been. Agreed. And the climax of the film was. Was let's be honest, was completely unbelievable. Um, I mean, there, there's there's certain things that I don't know how to say this without spoiling anything, but there's certain things that a human being shouldn't be able to get through. Let's just put it that way. Um, and uh, this is is one of them. And but ladies out there, don't worry. The climax of the film does involve Zach Efron taking his shirt off. So it does. you have that for you. It does. It involves uh, his shirt off, and it involves body heat. So. And another thing, um, I'm completely not interested in the sailing. That's I'm not, not really. That I mean, the, the sailing was just sort of an afterthought. It could have been anything else. The, no, I know, but I'm just, I'm just. It just made me think of sailing in general and like how uninteresting it is to me. I'm sure some people find the sport in it, but to me, it's equivalent to, uh, you know, a horse and buggy race nowadays because they have motorized boats. Why do you need the sails? Right. I don't know. I'm not really into it either, but they didn't they didn't waste a lot of time on it anyway, so I didn't bother. Yeah. Um But anyway, uh, you know, I, I liked I liked uh, parts of it. Uh I think the main thing that I dug was Zach Efron. I don't know how much I liked everything else. It's yeah. sort of, it's sort of sappy and it doesn't follow through on 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 the promise of what it should on what, on what, on what it promised us. It doesn't follow through on it. So yeah, it doesn't. With the, without him this movie completely falls flat. But because of him, I'll give it a, a solid three. Yeah, um, I should have looked this up because I have no freaking idea what I gave it. Uh, I think I will give it a three and a half. Oh, there it is. Yeah. See, I, I almost gave it too much. I almost gave it too much. Um, I give it a, uh, I gave it a three out of five Gutenbergs in my review. Um, we have we have just, we have no intellectual honesty here. We don't even we don't, no intellectual consistency at all in this. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's the second thing you said, not the first thing. We're certainly honest, but there's no consistency. Yeah, there's in our no consistency. We're like, yeah, hey, I'll give it a four. Would you? Would you write it up? Would you really give it like two days ago? You gave it like a three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I mean, that just goes to show that uh, we have a good dialogue going because uh, we our scores can change based on our uh, 
you know, discussion with each other. You know, when we're sitting by ourselves and writing a review in the dark of the night, we can have one score, but then when we talk about what the problems are, we can change it. Um, totally unrelated, really quick. Yeah. You've been to you've been to www.punchdrunkcritics.com before, right? I have been to www.punchdrunkcritics.com, and you know what I've even done at punchdrunkcritics.com? What's that? I have gone to punchdrunkcritics.com, and I've used a, a link they have on there to get to Amazon.com Ooh. To, to buy DVDs, to buy pants, to buy uh, a leash for a puppy, um, even to buy a nice little porch swing. Um, pretty much anything you could you want short of nuclear weapons can be purchased on Amazon.com, pretty and much. they can be purchased even quicker through PunchDrunkCritics.com. So head on over to www.PunchDrunkCritics.com, click on the Amazon link, and then start spending some money. Um, Did you happen to see that article that I put up about Sasha Gray and the uh, the film she's going to be in by Mark Pellington called yeah, I Melt With You? I, I would say I'm over her, but I was never under her. Well, that's a bad pun, but um, I was never, <laughs> you know enamored with her um, I, I i still dig her and i love that picture that i put up i do i do i am a fan of the picture you put up i will admit that that is a and great picture for somebody that i thought was such a skinny white girl that kind of uh yeah is contradictory it, to that point but um, it, it, it changes your outlook on things a little bit doesn't it yeah i mean i yeah. i won't say she's a, I, I i saw her i didn't see the girlfriend experience i saw her on entourage last night i will say that uh you know as much as entourage can teach you about acting she, she wasn't was horrible last night? yeah she's a, a a love interest for vince now um uh, blah. i'm so yeah, who, I'm so, who I'm so sick of that show now i think they are finally going to give vince a true celebrity problem and make him a drug addict because uh, they hinted at it with uh him taking a Vicodin in the last episode. Well, so. that would be the that would be the best thing they could do to make that show interesting again. Because I'm yeah. really tired of how shallow that film that series is now. And, yeah, and this this season has been terrible. So I, I, if they could if they can make him have a real issue for once that doesn't have anything to do with how much money he spent the episode before, then mm-hmm. it could be it could it'll work wonders. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I'd never tire of the show's shallowness because that's what I liked. I liked the fact that it was just a, a rich guy and his buddies having fun because I tried to imagine myself in his position. But mm-hmm. it's just kind of worn on me at this point. But anyway, saw, Sasha Gray was – she wasn't – I mean, for a porn actress, um, she is a decent regular actress. I mean, she delivered her lines in a way that wasn't completely unbelievable, um, which, as we all know from uh, porn, is a hard thing for – people in that profession to do. Um, I, I thought she was terrible in the girlfriend experience personally, but I know a lot of people thought she was good. So, yeah. Well, I'm saying in comparison to a porn star, she's a good actress. In uh, comparison to a regular actress, she's not a good actress. And the only reason she's got any kind of career is because she's a transition from the porn industry. Um, <laughs> I'm not interested in seeing anything she's in. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's out there. Uh, we have that trailer up. Uh, is that the trailer that you got up there? I... Yeah, the very no, minimal yeah, trailer. There is a trailer in there, yeah, it, for that movie. And it actually looks, it sounds like it could be good. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, so it's, can, it's a sci-fi film uh, with Thomas Shane and Jeremy Piven. It actually looks like it could be good. You can check that out at www.punchdrunkcritics.com when you're going to buy your stuff from Amazon from us. And while you're doing that, um, or you know, at the same time, because you know with uh, browsers nowadays, you can open things in new tabs, so you can do this at the same time. Uh, click on our Facebook link. Uh, become a fan uh, if you're not already. You can uh, get the updates of everything we get right to your Facebook page. We all know that you spend 
seven hours and 47 minutes of your eight-hour workday on Facebook. Uh, so while you're sitting there on Facebook, why not get the updates of the uh, of the latest movie news delivered straight to your uh, status update page? Become a fan of Punch Drunk Critics on Facebook. Hit the Become a Fan link on our page or just go to Facebook and search for Punch Drunk Critics. We will be the first one that comes up. You'll see our logo. Become a fan. It's the best thing you can do. Exactly. Um, do you have anything else? That's it, Chief. Yeah, I think I think uh, I'm all good here. Uh, now for your standard um, pitch uh, and <laughs> plugging situation. Uh, Twitter, Twitter.com/slash/PunchyCritic. That's P-U-N-C-H-Y. Critic uh, is Travis. Um, follow him. Uh, he updates his Twitter all the time. Uh, if you want to follow somebody that does not tweet, uh, <laughs> mine is Punchdrunk John. <laughs> Although I was thinking about it today, and I, I do appreciate all the people that have followed me on Twitter. I've actually got a lot more followers, which blows my mind because I never I haven't tweeted in probably seven months. But I do want to start doing that again and get in that habit. So you can you follow should. me at Punchdrunk John. Um, if you have any ideas for us, any comments, suggestions, whatever you want to tell us. Um, punchdrunkcritics at gmail.com is the email address. Um, join us every Sunday night at 7. We're usually on Sunday night. Today is an anomaly. We are on Monday. Uh, next week we'll have for you um, – we can't talk Scott Pilgrim yet, so uh, we won't have that. No. But we will have the other guys, uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg's new movie where they play a couple of inept, inept cops trying to be like the, the uh, badass cops that are The Rock – Dwayne Johnson and Samuel L. Jackson. Um, what else comes out this week? Uh, I think we'll have Step Up 3D also. I think we can talk uh, about that this week. God, I keep blocking that from my mind, and I got to for good for, for good reason. Yeah, um, there's Step Up 3. Give me one second here because I know there was some other stuff because there was a lot of stuff coming out this week, and now I'm forgetting everything. So I am padding for time by talking incessantly. Um, okay, uh-huh. middle middlemen and twelve. Okay, I guess there's not a lot coming out because I've never heard of those. Um, I, I know middlemen. Uh, I don't know 12, though. So, Oh, one thing I did want to mention that I saw today, um, the earliest reviews of The Expendables are starting to hit uh, the Internet. Um, the New York Times calls it the manliest movie ever made. So we are looking <laughs> good so far. Um, yeah. Expendables is released August 13th. We are going to see it next week. Yay. Along with Eat, Pray, Love, and Scott Pilgrim. So actually, it was next week that's the big week, not this week. Are you going to see Eat, Pray, Love? Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, um, into it now. We may have an uh, interview with uh, the cinematic genius Bow Wow, uh, star of such movies as Like Mike and the upcoming The Lottery Ticket, uh, and Brandon T. Jackson, who was, uh, played the satyr in uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. He was in some other stuff too, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, but I, I'd be hard-pressed to tell you what they are. Yeah, so we we may or may not have that interview coming for you next week as well. Um, that being said, we are the Punch Drunk Critics. Travis, did you have anything else? That's it, man. Okay, well, I'm John. I'm Travis. And we are the Punch Drunk Critics, and we are out. Later. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.